We left off at the end of the last 20 in a kind of awkward place where we were still in the middle of a really exciting, uh, suspenseful chase scene between mostly just Anakin, Obi-Wan too a little bit, but mostly just Anakin, and Zam, who was the bounty hunter who had been hired to uh, assassinate Padme. She was unsuccessful, and uh, where we last left off, Anakin had jumped out of the speeder to attack in a little bit more um, aggressive of a way. Uh, sure enough, tracks down Zam, and uh, she dies. Yeah, that jumps over a couple things, but they follow her into a bar. Obi-Wan gets a drink. Obi-Wan cuts off her arm. They drag her out back. They question her, and they realize, uh, as right about to, she's about to give them the information, uh, a custom strange poison dart comes out of nowhere and kills her. This makes them return to Coruscant for questioning. Once back at Coruscant, the Jedis get split up for the for a large chunk of the movie. Anakin gets assigned to watch over Padme and take her back to Naboo and kind of be her personal bodyguard, while Obi-Wan is sent to kind of deal with who was the assassin, where did the dart come from, and who's out to get her. His first instinct, for some reason, is to go to this little diner in Coruscant where his old buddy, who seems to be like running the place, a la Pops in Archie Comics, knows an awful lot about uh, black market warfare gives Obi-Wan uh, a little tip off that this uh, he should probably look in the Kamino direction. Yeah, the, the Kaminoan cloners are likely the ones. Uh, and so Obi-Wan goes back to the Jedi, Jedi archives to look for Kamino, but he can't find it. And so the librarian tells him that he doesn't exist. Uh, we'll get into how much she sucks later. Uh, so then Obi-Wan goes to see Yoda uh, because after not being able to find it at the archives, he questions to Yoda, where could the planet possibly be? I can't find it. Yeah, and the only other thing was uh, Anakin and Padme have a short conversation when they're being transported to Naboo, uh, where you get a lot more cheesy dialogue between them, and Anakin gives a speech about how you're encouraged to love, and it's kind of low-key hitting on Padme the whole time. Yeah, and there's another actually little interaction with them before that as well, where Palpatine convinces Anakin to... Like, okay, uh, sorry, Anakin convinces Palpatine to convince Padme to go with Anakin to Naboo. Uh, and so then there, there's the Padme packing scene. and that's <laughs> the, the packing scene, exactly. The packing scene is the worst <laughs> scene in the whole fucking movie. Actually, no, it's not. There's a scene in the next 20 that's the worst by a landslide. But it's not great. Uh, but no, it's a pretty bad scene. So I want to start things off by introducing our cousin Mark, who is one of our, our, our most loyal listeners to the podcast. So we decided to invite him over. In fact, Mark, also uh, in part because uh, we tend to not agree on a lot of like fundamental Star Wars stuff. Very true. So uh, lean into your mic a little bit more. If you All can. right. Um, so if we can get some kind of disagreement going, that is that is just yeah. But don't just argue for the scratching sake of my, arguing. No, scratching that's why you my... didn't invite me on for the Last Jedi one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> why? How do you feel about? Oh, right. We haven't talked about Last Jedi yet. I was thinking Return of the Jedi. Uh, I, I kind of want to start with the, the Palpatine conversation because that to me, more so than anything we saw in Phantom Menace, was the first obvious presence of the Emperor. How many times have you said that, Colin? I think that's the third time you said that's the first time we've seen the Emperor or Palpatine or the evil within him. No, I disagree. Like, I think he was playing the character of the Emperor in that scene. Oh, okay. I see what like, you he mean. Like, was, he was holding his hands yeah. and, like, gliding across the office the way the Emperor glides mm -hmm. in Return of the Jedi. He struck me as that person. And so if you didn't figure it out by that point, you're so dumb. Well, he also, he's, he's aged a ton. They really make it look, like, make him look hard like haggard and hard at this point 
everybody knows. This is like everybody knows. The, yeah. the title of the Phantom Menace gave it like everybody at this point knows that this is Palpatine from from an audience perspective. Absolutely. Mark, do you remember a time when you, you I've always known it as the Emperor. I saw Phantom Menace in the theaters. It's one of the first movies I remember seeing in theaters, and I always thought, like, yeah, that's the Emperor. I just don't believe you. I, I just find that hard to believe. Like, Really? I yeah, told I you I was the same way. I can't think of one time where I just thought they were two different people. Yeah, but you guys were four years old. Although there is belief that the ability to tell good from evil and like children have a way on sensing what, like, like the ominous. <laughs> There's been studies on that shit in the past and how kids can tell, like good from evil and very at a very young age right uh, in even very subtle circumstances i'm not saying that's the defense i'm just saying it's super fucking obvious so you don't even need to be like it's just not that hard so you guys are the little girl in frankenstein who sees what he truly is and and palpatine is frankenstein no colin i think we're the 99 percent. i think you're the one person who yeah. thinks there's a chance people didn't realize it was him for like a good chunk of time i don't remember an exact part of being like four and being like like he's the emperor but i've just kind of always assumed he was all right okay i'm I'm holding strong on where i was because i don't believe i'm a dumb person but i didn't know (laughs) i didn't know right away it wasn't clear to me because we didn't have imdb yeah it's fair and we didn't know all these actors were like a secret like that could never well a secret as i believe it to be one could never exist now because we're so uh, invested in the casting news of a new yeah. Star Wars movie. They could never put Andy no. Serkis in the cast and have us think anything other than, oh, Snoke is coming back. Exactly, mm-hmm. and that's the reason why they couldn't put him in the cast. You think? But he's in the cast. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For darn sure. In this scene, uh, he is very uh, buttering up of Anakin. Yeah, he's telling him stroking he's stroking his ego. Hardcore. I wrote down he's Anakin's hype man basically for the whole time. He's telling him how awesome he is. He's like that through the whole Clone Wars too, because he really does not respect many Jedi, but he loves Anakin. He loves to tell him, yeah. and he knows that that's going to get to Anakin. The the inflating of his ego is something well, that's definitely going to get to him. Well, because that's the one thing the Jedi's refuse to do. And it's one thing Obi-Wan is not doing. He's, although Anakin's extremely powerful, he's still putting him in his place when he's acting like a moron and a child. And Anakin doesn't like that because he thinks he's powerful. He should be able to do whatever the hell he wants. And Palpatine kind of basically tells him, you're super powerful. You should be able to do whatever the hell you want. Right. But Anakin, unlike in the first 20 of this movie, I found him pretty respectful of Obi-Wan. Like, he does have that little meltdown where he's kind of bitching about it to Padme. Yeah. But that's in private. Like, everything Obi-Wan tells him to do, he is very receptive to in this 20. That's that's definitely true. I did find it funny, though, uh, just kind of on that 20, the... The goddamn packing scene, where out of nowhere, not having seen her for 10 years, and just having saved her life, like, the previous night with the slugs, and goes right to just this giant rage out about I know Obi-Wan and it's like oh wow great job you want to make her think that you're grown up that's how you do it you throw a tantrum I am truly thankful to be his apprentice in some ways a lot of ways I'm really ahead of him I'm ready for the trials but he feels that I'm too unpredictable He won't let me move on. That must be frustrating. It's worse. He's overly critical. He never listens. He he doesn't understand. It's not fair. 
So the type of guy who, if you went on a date with him, he would talk about his ex the whole time. Yep. <laughs> if he were to ever have had an ex, but he's too hung up on, on Padme. Yeah, no kidding. Geez, 10 years later. He is so forthright with his feelings for her. Oh, it's he doesn't even try and hide it. No. It's ridiculous. And she's openly uncomfortable with it. Yeah. yeah. And, and she said so. She says, don't look at me that way. It's it makes making me uncomfortable. And then he gives her Weinstein eyes. <laughs> like, <laughs> as if that's better. He has some seriously creepy looks in here. Like, for take backs, I have um, the Anakin, the creepy grin he gives to her uh, that he hasn't, uh, the, um, oh, what's the other one that he did? Um, oh, the uh, Jedi, official Jedi business. Go back to your drinks. I have that too. Um, just I, like all these like instances of him just trying to be like c- cool and brooding and just so missing the mark as this childish. For the packing scene, I had that as one of my big take backs. Is, um, it's really like you guys were talking about before. They're trying to do the Han Solo Leia thing. Yeah. But he's not coming off as like a rogue. I'm going to get things done myself. He's coming mm-hmm. off as... I'm a baby and I didn't get my way. Exactly. And he anyway. seems more childish than he did in Phantom Menace. Well, it really does. And that's what's good is because Padme definitely is mimicking Leia here. This is very, like this is the exact same character as uh, Start of Empire Strikes Back Leia. Uh, very like... Um, I don't entirely agree with that. I, I mean, I guess she's got a backbone the way Leia does, but she's much more proper than than leia is yeah but very much just in a pissy angry way at the start of the movie not happy with the way anything is going not happy especially with the people who are protecting her quote unquote uh maybe they're the same person in very different circumstances because nobody is really stifling leia in empire strikes back but she's being so suppressed in this movie yeah that is fair I, i will say that but i meant more in her relation with anakin yeah not so much politically Right. Because, okay. yeah, you know, Leia's world did blow up and Padme's going home to hers. They say that gives you an edge. Yep. When yeah. your world blows up. It toughens it might. you a little bit. So she tells him that he has changed so much. Exactly what is she seeing in him that didn't exist? Five feet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's the... Uh... The anger in him or just like the, well, what the, is the, the pluck? I forget. He says something... Um... He makes a political commentary, I believe. That, she, that That's the reason her response for that. Hmm. Um, although hmm. there were some deleted lines. This scene was longer and worse. I bet. Yeah, Anakin was even stupider. Uh, and then she, he ba- says, she, she was also way meaner to him, too. Like She basically said, Anakin, you're a kid and you don't know anything about politics. Learn your place. Good. Like, but not even like in simpler words, in those mean of a term. Like maybe not quite those exact words, but that blatantly, go fuck yourself. And then he just hears it as, well, you haven't changed a bit. You're exactly how I dreamt about you all these years. And that is so forward. It's so weird. It's what a creep. Yeah. What a creep. Um, trivia? All right, sure. Yeah, let's uh, guys start off with your Padawan trivia. Okay, you should give Mark or I the opportunity to answer before you jump in with the answers yes that is a great way of that's fair okay you want me to start but although we should both see if we can get right. it but yeah, yeah of okay. course you'll have a chance don't worry okay. uh what is dex's full name the tough padawan question. i do know this yes yeah. i'm gonna be annoyed when i don't know it but yeah, yeah i don't ross it's dexter jetster <laughs> dexter yep. jetster it is yeah actually all my questions are about dex 
Are you serious? <laughs> and one of mine as well. Oh, really? Okay, let's go for it. God. Um, what does Dex refer to the people of Camino as? Uh, well, I think we talked about this, right? The the Caminoan cloners. Yeah, it was cloners. He cloners. referred a couple cloners. times, but we went over it real quick. That never really stood out to me before. Why exactly does he know so much about? this underbelly like who is this guy i don't really know a whole lot about dex's background um but he seems to know an awful lot of stuff for this diner uh burger flipper on coruscant yeah that's because i think they in part are trying to show it as kind of like the barkeep yeah the guy with that's all the what information. i saw it as in the a man, seedy part of yeah, coruscant the too. man who's been around a lot of people who've seen a lot of things uh, he's your journeyman kind of um, the last cleaning. I didn't read it that way. Like the way he's able to analyze the dart makes it seem like he used to be out on the front lines. He probably was. And how does he know Obi-Wan other than well, how else would he know Obi-Wan? It wouldn't surprise me if they fought together in some way. Oh boy. Obi-Wan. Who's a drinker in this episode? Yep. Obi-Wan's always been a drinker. I don't know. I think that's, I, I, I think that's a reach to say that in like, you might know in really extended canon yeah. in, in how he's been illustrated as a drinker. But like, this is the first time Obi-Wan in a movie has ever said, I'm going to get a drink. And other than Nobody that has one a drink scene, in the first movie, but other than that one scene, does he bring it up? Like again, I, I was trying to remember if he brought it up in two or three years. You make it seem like it's like common knowledge that Obi-Wan. No, it's not common knowledge, but that happens. And, uh, no, there's there was more on that a lot in Legends as well, but also there are certainly some canon stories. Dark Disciple, he drinks a lot okay. <laughs> in that book. What do you have for a trivia question for us? Uh, for a Padawan trivia question, I have... Um, what does Flo the Waitress offer Obi-Wan? Oh, I know. Do you know? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Is it Java Juice? No, no. it's Jawa Juice. Jawa it juice. is Jawa Juice. And please explain that shit to me. You want a cup of Jawa Juice? Oh, yes. Thank you. Because that sounds horrifying. Uh, Java juice is... It's a drink. It's actually called, I think, Arjuri's. I have no idea what it is. It's not coffee. It's not a ground-up Jawa? No. And it's also not a coffee equivalent. It, like, coffee is calf in the Star Wars universe. Okay. I assumed it was alcoholic because Obi-Wan was getting it, but... I've, I, yeah, I just heard juice, but, like, I get stuck at Jawa. All I hear is them, like, grinding up the bones of a Jawa and blending it into a liquid and serving it with a, a twirly straw i had to throw a softball there though because i mean the next ones will be hard <laughs> all right sure uh how far from coruscant is camino uh ross want to answer this one <laughs> about 12 parsecs yep it is and south of the uh south of the rushashi maze yep Nice. It is. What's that? No idea. Sounds cool. Yeah, that was purely just remembering it on a bit of luck. <laughs> Your turn, Mark. All right. What is the name of the waitress that serves Obi-Wan in the diner? Did you say it was Flo? It is Flo. Flo. What an obvious choice. It is Flo, yeah. <laughs> Flo. Mm-hmm. That's dumb. I don't like that. I think it goes with the whole very 50s diner. Yeah, just in general, I found the diner to be way too American. It was way too back to the future. See, I really liked it. I thought it was cool. Oh, no. It's not. It doesn't. Yeah, it's trying too hard to be American. And and, it is very American. That's a really good point. It's almost like you should see a Pepsi ad. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me of Back to the Future for sure. Um, Ooh, let's see. Uh, Whose bust is Obi-Wan looking at when Jocasta New approaches him in the archives? 
Oh, I didn't notice. Is this a person we know? Yes. Who's bust? That's a good hint. Um, good guy or bad guy? I can't keep giving you hints. Sure you can. I'm asking fair questions. Mark, do you want this hint as well? I would like the hint, yes. Okay. Um, it's not like we're playing for money. It's the Jedi Temple. Keep that in mind. It's the Jedi Archives. Uh, Is it Qui-Gon? No. Um, Yoda? <laughs> I don't know. It's I don't Dooku. know. Oh, it's Dooku. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a short deleted scene in which they uh, have a small discussion on Dooku and Obi-Wan brings up... Oh, I don't know why he left the order. Jocasta knew clearly had the hots for Dooku as well. She was she spoke about him like he was this like just wonderful, valiant knight. She's the librarian. Yeah, Jocasta knew fucking sucks. She's kind I will of bring a, her up she's right very now. rude. She's <laughs> very rude, and also she uh, thinks a little bit too highly of their silly archiving yeah. system. I hate to say it, but it looks like the system you're searching for doesn't exist. Impossible. Perhaps the archives are incomplete. If an item does not appear in our records, it does not exist. By the way, just like the whole discussion of the archives, I think, was really, really poorly told. Like, that a youngling would consider that someone had removed it from the archives before Obi-Wan would is preposterous. That Yoda would think it was quite clever of the youngling to have thought of it is preposterous. That this lady thinks that nothing could happen to their archives is preposterous well, that and is. that you have to be a jedi to remove something from the archive is preposterous i don't like it either right not for all of the reasons the main reason for me is the fact that joe costa sucks and is super rude and obi-wan does not deserve that okay and yeah, i would agree a- that it was really weird how was the youngling who was like they probably just deleted it right master because someone erased it from the archive memory <laughs> Truly wonderful the mind of a child is. <laughs> the Padawan is right. I actually <laughs> like that, to be honest. I hated it. No, didn't I didn't like it. No, I think it's I think it's fitting and I think it's like the truly wonderful the mind of a child. I like that a lot. I don't. I truly wonderful the mind of the child. But it's it's not like he had this great wisdom. If they could have thought of like a bigger reason. Yeah, the way Mark just said it is perfect. It's like, well, they probably deleted it. Like that's what anyone would think. No, it's not. I think it is. I, I don't know. Why isn't it there? Someone took it away. Well, would you think that if you were looking at say a map of Earth? Well, wait a minute. Someone told me about this island that's in the middle, but it's not here on this map. Must not be the... Yeah, I I would think that. Certainly if we're talking about planets, if somebody showed me a map of the galaxy and Mars wasn't there, I'd be like... I'd be more inclined to think that that the the map is wrong than that the that the planet doesn't exist. Well, yeah, that's fair, but this is like something that no one's ever heard of. This is not Mars, Colin. <laughs> it's not like they were saying that Tatooine didn't exist. Well, my apprentice is from there. No Tatooine doesn't exist. Like, right. This is a planet that literally no one's heard of. I stand on this not being too much of a stretch. Okay. All right. Who's, uh, who's up? Is it me? Were you going to do all the trivia? Yeah, may as well. Go for it. Uh, where was the last time or place Dex says he saw the toxic dart? Wow. Um... I can remember why he identifies it, but I can't yeah, remember I can the place. Too. Yeah. Give me a second here. Let me think on this one. Was it the mines of some place? No. Well, kind of. They don't use the word mines, but that's a good that's a good lean. 
I'm not gonna get it. What can I do for you? You can tell me what this is. Well, what do you know? I ain't seen one of these since I was prospecting on Subterrell beyond the outer rim. Oh, okay. oh yeah, that just I missed that. Uh, for my last question, I had what is the name or sorry, what's the piece of music playing during Obi Wan's talk with Yoda and the younglings? Oh, the piece of music. Is it like a significant Star Wars piece of music? It is like just for, it kind of blends in with other pieces, but it's a piece just for Attack of the Clones. Oh, I don't, I don't, I won't be able to identify it. So you're telling me this is a small piece that John Williams wrote for Attack of the Clones that appears for just a couple seconds in. It's in a whole scene and it is a master question, Ross, so. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. I don't pay attention to that. Uh, it, it was Yoda and the younglings. Uh. Okay. Very good. I like. I like. The, this, I maybe I was a little hard on on the younglings thing. I I yeah. like the sequence with Yoda and the younglings. No, no, I'm allowed to feel how I feel. Thank you very much. Okay. I like the scene with Yoda and the younglings. I just think the whole idea where he's like, it has to be a the brilliant mind of a child to realize that. Yeah, maybe, that's a little. That maybe much. somebody deleted a file. That's not that that overwhelming to me. But I do love when we zero in on the room and he's like giving them instructions. I think that's really sweet. And I also I, I can't help but find it kind of ridiculous when. He's like, Liam, the shades. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Liam, draw the shades. Oh, do you know why? That, he was named after Liam Neeson in that one. Why? Just a little shout out. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Just like, he's not in this, he's not around this, for this movie, but big part of the last one. Right. The reason I had that as my trivia was because I just noticed and I put it down as one of my favorite parts too. It was just, I thought the music was really, really good there. Yeah, and like it. some of the Star Wars music obviously gets played over and over again, in different movies. And right. that has a significant portion that was all just seemed just for that scene. Well, that's, what's really cool. And it's, it's interesting that you pointed it out. Cause I'm sure it's like a great piece of music. And I'm sure if we went back and listened to it, we we're like, Oh yeah, that's like really nice. And it's, it's, it's sometimes it's lost in maybe a, not being used but clearly it was used well for you so. i mean a great film composer often goes unappreciated yeah, exactly. because you don't even notice when they're evoking a feeling in you you just know that this really touched you and that probably doesn't happen so much with star wars because john williams is so famous and because yeah. the saga has been around for decades and decades but yeah there was probably a long time in his career where he was doing amazing work and nobody knew who he was or what he was doing to make movies good and it just fits in, I think, uh, it kind of gets lost in the Star Wars because it's not this big, grand, epic piece. Right. And it's not Han and Leia, like, the one slow one everyone really knows. Like, it's just this... There's a lot of slow ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, the one slow one I know. Anything else you want to take back besides, I like... I my master question. Oh, you do? Okay. I can. I have two master questions. I'm neither. sure you do. Yeah. Um, what are Zam's last words? You can say it in basic or the way she says it oh please i don't know i don't know i thought her last words were in english yeah no, no obviously not no she mutters something before kind of shape-shifting into it yeah murashani slimo <laughs> bounty hunter slime ball yeah we've heard slimo elsewhere yeah slimo is a common one she's and talking about Django fett yeah we will later learn yeah exactly uh, what else did you guys have for this? Any Anything else quotes? you wanted? To, uh, well, yeah, we, there's lots of good quotes. It's a yeah. really chatty 20, which is kind of nice. Some of the quotes that are most iconic are the worst ones. Yeah, but some of them, like Obi-Wan's, uh, why do I feel you're going to be the death of me? Is yeah. the is best good, one of the 20 it's right It's really away. good. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, it's, it's, 
it's important, because even then you would know what's coming. Why do I get the feeling you're going to be the death of me? Don't say that, Master. You're the closest thing I have to a father. Yeah, exactly. And the one you were referring to last episode, I think, when you were talking about really foreshadowing lines coming up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it absolutely does. And then what does Anakin well, say back? It's a throw right to it, yeah. It is, but he says, don't say that, Master, you're all I have for a father or you're something like that. the closest like thing that. I have to a father, It's yeah. a little bit it's of weird. a push. And yeah. it's also not really true. Palpatine is. Right. Obi-Wan is more like a brother to him, and that was the problem. What about you want to buy some death sticks? Yeah, the death stick scene. What was that about? I had that in my take back. Of course, of course. Because I thought it felt, it almost felt really like a studio note, like put a quick anti, it feels really weird little kid anti-smoking. Uh, it feels like a George Lucas thing to me. It is, but I thought it was funny. Uh, do you know, although I do have to say the name of that character is ridiculous. It is one of the worst names in all of Star Wars. Okay. It is, it is as bad as Therm Scissor Punch. <laughs> all right is it it is okay it's maybe worse okay it is elon sleazebagano <laughs> elon sleazebagano that's amazing <laughs> that's so cool you know one of my favorite lines from this 20 is actually spoken by anakin believe it or not when he's chatting with padme about their how they're kind of like nervous or whatever and he goes don't worry we have r2 with us yeah that is i a had good that one. down too that was although funny. just a couple seconds before it is one of the worst lines which from is padme suddenly i'm afraid <laughs> yeah you're right just like out of the blue okay right obi-wan uh, is really awkward with the with the younglings do you guys remember that not to come back to the younglings again but like another criticism of the younglings <laughs> you not really hate these fucking dick. kids well, to be honest i find obi-wan the biggest problem with them they're like hello say hello to to master obi-wan and he's like hi he feels <laughs> he's not great with kids he's terrible with kids and I guess that was true in the first movie, yeah. too. Yeah, that's true. He's, he's very standoffish around Anakin, yep. uh, which is another problem with The Phantom Menace. But... I only brought that up because we were talking about quotes, and the other great quote from this from this 20 is... Mm, lost a planet Master Obi-Wan has. How embarrassing. How embarrassing. Yeah, that is a great one from Yoda. I have, a, oh, I have one from Dexter here, too. It's these funny little cuts on the side that give it away. Those analysis droids you've got over there only focus on symbols, you know? You should think you Jedi would have more respect for the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Mm-hmm. That's well, a pretty if, good line. Well, if droids could think, there'd be none of us here, would there? Yeah. Also a pretty good retort. Uh-huh. Especially seeing as what's going to come with Grievous in the next movie. That's right, yeah. 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 You find anything else in there, Mark? Uh, for lines, the only other one I had was meditate on this I will from Yoda. And not because it's just a great line, but just because it's so Yoda. Yes. There's also one that I've missed every time I've seen this movie before. And I think you guys must have missed it as well. And it's possibly the best line in the entire 20. Mm -hmm. uh, just because it's so unexpected, but so perfect. Yoda is an absolute savage when he's walking with Mace Windu and Obi-Wan. But he still has much to learn, Master. His abilities have made him, well... Arrogant. Yes, yes. A flaw more and more common among Jedi. Hmm. Too sure of themselves they are. Even the older, more experienced ones. As he looks up at Mace Windu. Well, I didn't I didn't miss it. I wrote it down. I wanted to unpack that a little bit. Oh, really? I didn't necessarily think it was savage. I didn't know it was so overtly directed at Mace Windu. I, I thought how, it was more going at all of them. No, that's how I saw general. it. I, this is, or maybe like, this is the first time I'm seeing it that way. 
But I saw it very much as a direct jab at Mace Windu. But that's easy, Ross, because you know a lot about Mace Windu. But there was no Mace Windu to unpack at this point. No, that's fair. But just it's it's really seems that Mace Windu comes into this movie. He comes into his own in the movie, though. You're right. And Obi-Wan is a lot of things. He's not arrogant. No, not by any means. Uh, although he was when he was a little younger. But specifically, Yoda looks up at the very end when he says it to and Mace Windu, like, there's, like, a look that maybe he's given a bit of an eye roll. I don't know. I took it as a totally different way that I'd never seen it before, and it just made it ten times funnier. Right, right. So do we—is it fair to say they wrote Jar Jar out of the series in this 20? Representative Binks, hmm? I know I can count on you. Misa, I need to be taking on this heavy burden. Misa, accept this with muy, muy humility and... Uh... Jar Jar, I don't wish to hold you up. I'm sure you have a great deal to do. Of course, milady. Yeah, kinda. He's basically saying you take Padme's new role so that we don't actually have to put you in the movie. And she literally cuts him off to get him out of the scene. I was scene. gonna say, yeah. like, she, like, the last thing that happens is she's all but tells him to STF you. Yeah. She's like, he's like on some speech and he's like, Jar Jar... I don't want to waste your time. And then he's like and a weirdly super enough, background the most, character. The most unjarger thing too, that one time he's being like, I'm going to make sure to take care of this and this firm, this firm. She's like, no, I'm done. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was almost Actually like doing a, things right. a yeah. service to the fans who were like, oh, this is what they want to hear. They want to hear somebody like really like shut him up for good. Yeah. Not that I think George would do that necessarily. Well, we even had the conversation last time about um, economics and politics. Not another lecture on economics and politics. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. This is kind of all I have, I think, for like... I mean, I have some other quotes in here. We can uh, dive a little further into that. But like, those are the big points to bring up. Uh, I've got a few. Uh, let's see. The, let's go some take backs. There are some bad takes backs, actually. The chase is too long. It's way too long. Holy shit, that's... It's kind of just the same thing. It's just the a lot same of, thing over and over. A lot of the, colors. Anakin's fumbling with his lightsaber is really bad. Yep. I mean, you have the force... What like he he basically throws it behind him. It, it's not even like good acting on being clumsy with it. Further to that, when he loses his lightsaber and Obi Wan catches it, and later he gives it back to Anakin, he's like, "Be careful with this. This thing is your life." I wanted to take that back because that's kind of counterintuitive to the peaceful Jedi way. It's also counterintuitive to the guy who's lost his lightsaber in every movie. Yeah, that's right. In literally every movie, except yeah. for like Revenge of the Sith. It just didn't seem to describe how... It describes how we feel about lightsabers. Yeah, I mean, it. the whole point... Obi-Wan does have a very common thing with, like, this is your... Like, your saber is your life. And he, he keeps that going consistently through the Clone Wars as well. Right. And Anakin passes that on to Ahsoka as well. It's really interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I but agree. It just as a standalone line. It, it doesn't, doesn't really work. fit. I, I know. I certainly, I certainly agree on that notion for sure. Um, we already touched on this a little bit, but one take back I had was... Uh, Jedi business go back to your drinks and we touched on that it felt a little out of character I also just had that it felt like super authoritarian and I guess like aggressive for a Jedi to say like how do they yeah. all view Jedis if they're all coming in and being like everyone back off now yeah. right Jedis are here now don't bother us that's interesting because the Jedi are I mean there's not even that many of them but this is kind of an interesting point it's right before they make their switch to becoming generals yeah, and this is when they're still seen as peacekeepers, mm -hmm. but kind of, but peacekeepers with a little bit of clout, the ability to kind of are they cops? Kind of, yeah. Not 
in the sense of they don't deal with petty issues or anything along those lines. Right. Uh, they have their own agenda, and the whole reason why all this goes to fuck is when they surrender their own agenda for the agenda of the Republic and become generals. But if their, I guess, goals align with that of keeping peace and keeping commotion down, they will act like um, keepers of the peace or police officers in that regard. Yeah. Uh, serve and protect essentially well and they go on a chase scene in the beginning they yeah. use the word investigate a lot in the first 40 minutes of this movie well obi-wan has the hardcore detective arc in this movie and it's even referred to as the obi-wan detective arc yeah uh, it's cool though i like the storyline oh, it's the best part of the movie yeah uh, but specifically it kind of works well to have it as more of an investigation style and keeping off some of those similar tropes to only well, maybe old detective movies where it does kind of work that he would go see a guy like dexter well, to add on to that, I just feel like this whole movie is, it feels like a kid's version of Blade Runner, oh. even down to the look of Coruscant. Yeah. It feels exactly like a softer, more friendly version of Blade Runner. Yeah. And then Obi-Wan going from place to place. And I agree, it's my absolute favorite parts of him. And I had that as my favorite part, going to uh, Dex and then going to the archives and then going to Yoda and doing all these small interactions are always better than the ones he's been having with Anakin so far. I think you might be, I think you hit on something really strong. And we've talked about how George considers all Star Wars movies, kids movies. And I think it's a little more complicated than that. But I think of all of the Star Wars movies, this is the most a kids movie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just because of the bright colors and all the daylight. And um, and it just Even kind of... theaters, like they're chasing, yeah. everything looks very think, fun and theme park. Think of also the villains. Yeah. Django Fett, you don't see his face. He's not a scary looking guy. His death is not that gruesome for being decapitated, for God's sakes. Right. Uh, Count Dooku is an old man who doesn't die. Like, there, it's really a pretty, like, tame movie. The only thing that would potentially be disturbing for a kid would be the, um, the big emotions. Yeah. But. I mean, at the same time, it's, it is Star Wars. You do need to have some things that are a little weird looking. And they're by no means scary. No. Uh, there's the factory scene, which is a little, like, dark and intense. But yeah, this is absolutely the most kid-friendly Star Wars. I, I don't look at it too much more as more kid-friendly than Phantom Menace. I just look at it as Revenge of the Sith then took it to another level and was, like, way darker. Oh, yeah. So these two in comparison look yeah. more little kiddish i but. think phantom menace was still uh more succinct yeah. storytelling it yeah was, absolutely it They're, was poorly executed in many ways but they knew better what the story was for phantom menace than this movie there's so many balls in the air with this thing yeah and then my problem is they do a really good job uh and and the problem it, it, with the clone wars george wanted to use this trilogy to to a degree tell the story of the clone wars to a degree and then he kind of realized after that he didn't actually tell the story of the clone wars he just told the very, very, very start of it and the very, very end of it. Right. And so, like, you miss a lot of the things. And this sets up the Clone Wars and a lot of things that are fleshed out later. And obviously things George wanted to pursue. But George, in my opinion, did not pick or even close to a good point for this movie to take place. If you consider the fact that the original trilogy, or sorry, the prequel trilogy has, I think it's a 14 or 15 year timeline between the beginning and the end. Uh, so when you consider where you could place that second movie, I think this is not where it should be. Right. Obviously, Anakin should have been older, but even if we're, if we're going to keep Anakin the same age, I still, and I know he wanted to because he wanted to make him the same age as Luke, uh, but he needed to be in a position where the Clone Wars 
was already starting. It couldn't yeah. happen in the last 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Because all of these things that occur in this movie don't really matter. This almost feels like the first part of that trilogy. Yeah, it's a setup for things like it's a setup for things that so many people have never seen. That's right. And that's kind of not really fair and it's such a waste because there's a lot of other characters like that that were like left on the cutting room floor for this movie that ended up in the Clone Wars that were so much better and story arcs and ways in which they could have executed things. It, it's just it's a missed opportunity movie for me more than anything. Because The Phantom Menace obviously is a missed opportunity because it was the return. But this one, they were so close to hitting on so many great things that they did a good job on Revenge of the Sith with and a great job on Clone Wars with. But this was just before they got that and they missed the mark so badly. When George wrote the original Star Wars movie and there's that one quick little piece of dialogue about the Clone Wars, you fought in the Clone Wars. Did he know then that that was where the stormtroopers come from? Which I realize now that's not really I, where they come from. I don't think so. I don't, I don't th think so. I don't either. think so either. So, or maybe, maybe it was supposed, maybe to explain where the Empire gets this enormous army. Yeah. Um, but which ultimately is not entirely the truth, but it's no, kind it's, of how they kick things off. It's how they kick things off, kind of, um, and then very quickly they transition to I'm, uh, hiring. Sorry, I'm fine with them retconning, though a little, not retconning really, but making them all clones up to a certain point. I'm fine with that, but I don't think. That was what that line was referring to. But it's to. not oh. its not explained clearly enough in the movies that at some point in there, they made some kind of Imperial switch and not all the troopers were clones anymore. So like when well, we first saw that's... Finn in the trailer for The Force Awakens, most of us who aren't racists were fine with it. <laughs> but there were all these people who were like, what the hell, man? I thought they were all Jango Fett's under there. Well, anyone who... Yeah, no, that's not how it is. But I, I don't know, man. Like it, it was not clear. In oh the yeah, I, I, that's definitely the case. They don't do, do they a never good job have of, a stormtrooper take off his helmet in the original. No, no, not in the. You original just see trip. the other command, officers. and that's the reason why. And I, I think there is a chance because, and this makes me think of, uh, aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper? It makes me think that George Lucas had kept that in his mind. That the clones yeah, were always true. because if they were all uniform height, then that would imply you would stand out. You would stand out. However, that's absolutely been retconned because they've gone back to even state that there were like female stormtroopers uh, and there would have been various ranges of height. But that line can also just be, aren't you a little yeah. small for an intimidating armed guard? Right. Exactly. Right. And so there's ways in which you can make it work. But now that I'm thinking about it, I th it wouldn't shock me. And the thing that I love is that these, uh, so many people are put off by the fact that you have stormtroopers who dress in white and they're the bad guys. And a lot of people don't know that, who've never seen Star Wars before. I've, I've had a couple conversations with people who've never seen Star Wars, and they don't understand the notion. They think the stormtroopers are the good guys. Right. Or, and it's kind of weird in that. But what I love is the fact that the stormtroopers never change sides. True. They stay loyal to Palpatine. Right. And Palpatine, because they were created by, uh, well, funny enough, Sifo-Dyas was a typo from Sidodius which would have been a really shitty alias for Sidious. Yeah. So it was initially supposed to be just a plan run by Sidious and Dooku, but George Lucas saw the typo, loved the name, and created a different story to make it a different Jedi. Oh, God. But So essentially, I mean, this is all Sidious's grand plan, but I love the fact that it was through two different governmental regimes, one where we see them as the good guys and then the other trilogy where they're the bad guys but it is still the same government and that's why you have so many characters uh who 
our good people in like the prequel trilogy, like Panaka, for example, become part of the Empire. And frankly, Tarkin. Yeah. Well, no, Tarkin's awful. He's he's a he's a terrible human. Okay, he's you're right. He has bad morals. Yeah. But he just stays on his team. Yeah. He he's is. just good at his job. Yeah, he's extremely good at his yeah. job. Exactly. That's the reason why he's like why he's risen. It's not like he has special powers. The Emperor loves him because he's efficient and he's cruel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What else do we have from this twenty? Because we got to get to the news. Um, I just put, and this kind of goes with a kids movie, how we're thinking it was aimed for a little younger of an audience. I won't say the pacing is great, but it is like not great, but it is so fast. Yeah. And every scene is like four minutes next. There's so much in this. With the exception of the chase, which is too long. With the exception of the chase, but everything I feel is really, it's well done in the way of they're looking at as this is a kids movie and this is, how do we get all these eight to 12 year olds to sit through two hours and 20 minutes right we keep it moving and we'll literally show them some children look yeah. you could be a jedi too yeah well that's part of the with thing. your own 30 dollar mini lightsaber you exactly can yeah. yeah those ones aren't any good <laughs> <laughs> um one other thing uh any cameos either of you guys notice no there's two cameos in this 20 is george lucas in there i think george lucas is in this 20 he might it might be revenge of the sith that he's in in the bar yeah, but I don't. I didn't see him. No, uh, I did see his son though. His son is in the library with Costa New. Okay, um, so Does he the little guy that comes up and talks to her. Yeah, kind of takes her attention away. Yeah, Jet okay. Lucas. That's cool. Yeah, he's also the same guy who saves Bail Organa's life in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Nice. Yeah, Jet Lucas is a cool name. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, uh, I think it's. Um, uh, what is it? It's like. Zet Jukasa or something. Uh, <laughs> the character. It's it's a funny sort That's of good, yeah. rewording of right. of his name. And who else? Uh, oh, George Lucas and his son. Oh, George Lucas and his son. Yeah, I, and I'm sorry, I, I didn't remember seeing uh, George Lucas, but I know it's in this one or the next one. And I know I've seen a still he, with him in a bar. Yeah, he plays. Uh, it's I think it's just outside. He plays a Pandoran, um, big blue thing with a weird thing on his head. Yeah, he, there's an, actually an episode of the Clone Wars where that character's daughter gets kidnapped. So they all make it full circle. They always have a backstory, but yeah. not for Dex for some reason. No, although they do have some cool stories with uh, his species, so basilisks. Okay, so there. That's kind of the only instance of in the movies them appearing, but they're throughout canon and a lot of other cool characters. Mark, can you believe the encyclopedia on this guy? I've been listening to it for the last couple months. It's jarring to it's me. It's made me realize I don't really know that much about Star Wars. Me it's too. It's a massive universe. I don't know that much about Star Wars compared to certain people. And that's how ridiculous it is. But yeah. that's also really cool. But you're in the 0.01%. Maybe. Yeah. Then you can answer this question because I wasn't sure if this is a take back or maybe something I missed. Uh, when Padme and Anakin are on the run and they're traveling in that big kind of looked like a passenger type of freighter. She dresses very much like a senator, and he dresses very... Like, they're not very inconspicuous or anything. Uh, she's dressing like someone from Naboo. She's okay. not dressing so much like a, like a senator. Yeah. That's, that kind of dress would just be of someone from Naboo, and they're going to Naboo, so that's not suspicious. And he's wearing, like, a Jedi poncho. Yeah, he... Always a fan of the Jedi poncho. Jedi ponchos are awesome. Yeah. Qui-Gon Rock the Jedi poncho. Luke and, does, too. Yeah, Luke does, too. Good yep. point. Yeah, that needs to come back more. That's, I agree. That's a lot better than the, the robes. They should get Rey a poncho for the next movie for sure. Oh, that would be awesome. Yep. Oh, uh, now I, uh, she has a poncho in The Last Jedi. I just, 
<laughs> I just thought of that. Oh, maybe you're right. Okay, well, ponchos are one of my nominees for what won the 20. Yeah. Also, that hovering disc that Yoda sits on. Yep, that's definitely uh, the Obi-Wan's little orb that creates the galaxy. That wins the 20. That is a cool way to do a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> Put a little marble on a stick yeah. and have it blow up the room. Zam's uh, speeder was pretty cool, too, I have to say. Yep. Do you have any nominees for what won the 20? Um, I just had kind of in general Obi-Wan's, like yeah. we were talking about, his just whole plot. Yeah. Every time I cut back to that and just... I mean, Ewan McGregor's the best part of the prequel trilogy. Totally, yeah. So yeah. just any time it cuts back to him interacting with other people, other than Anakin, I think is a lot more fun. Anything else? Yeah, I'll just read off one more really bad line that was mentioned but not said. Are you allowed to laugh? thought that was forbidden for a Jedi. Attachments, forbidden. Possession is forbidden. Compassion, which... I would define as unconditional love, central to a Jedi's life. And so you might say that we are encouraged to love. You know what? Now that is a quality shit line. It's not. <laughs> it's not a well-worded line, but there's something good in there. There is. Yeah. There is some shit on there to shave away. Oh yeah. But it's not a throwaway. No, no, no. It's just it's made so much worse by the lack of direction that Hayden Christensen gets. Yep. That's I mean, right. it's pretty hard to fault him for a lot of these because I want to say that because, but I haven't seen him in other movies, and he's just so bad in this. I know. Yeah, and he's generally. But I know not. you can only blame it so much on him, and how much is it on George? But like, the problem is when you can see him in some scenes where he's a really like he, he plays Anakin really well. Yeah, and then it's just annoying. Where it's like, well, fuck George, just make him do a couple more takes, right? Like, yeah. That's all it is. It's George being like, I don't care about wasting our time and budget on doing multiple takes. I will spend that money on making sure we have the best effects possible. Maybe, but there are a lot of filmmakers who famously only do one or two takes. Like Clint Eastwood only does one take. Yeah. And he makes amazing movies. And Woody Allen in his day was the same thing. And like Good directors, keep in mind. Good writers. But that doesn't mean they didn't well, rehearse it a lot before that one take right they definitely know what it is yeah. it's yeah. realized before they go he's film. definitely talked it out with them and everything george is constantly disappointed with what he sees because he constantly wants it to be bigger yeah. and more expansive and he can never fulfill what's in his mind his imagination is bigger than even the greatest technology exactly yeah. and so for him that's it's constantly that letdown and that strive and I think that's what you see with the prequels so just consistently, especially through this movie, like you said, like the bright colors and the flashing lights, but not a whole lot of substance. George Lucas is really kind of a tragic figure, isn't he? Like yeah. He's kind of, it's kind of sad it's sometimes really when I sad. think about George Lucas. Because he's, he's, he's doing fine. No, he's all right. Think about he's loved now after he sells his thing that he referred to as a child. And he still gets bad-mouthed. Yeah, he still gets, well. He's still kind of condescended to. He's condescended to for sure. However, he's also appreciated by a lot of people. He was he's just like a classic example of the most successful an artist can possibly be and still be misunderstood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a really good way of putting it. He yeah. definitely is misunderstood. But he's also as successful as an artist could possibly be. Yeah. 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 When you can donate billions of dollars and still live extremely comfortably, you're doing all right. Yeah, I think so. Did you guys find the special effects like really bad now? Like obviously it's Asian. It's been a long time, but there were some spots, especially yeah. with Yoda, I, that just really felt 
someone dragged Yoda across the computer in front of Obi-Wan. Cut next scene. A little bit. Yeah, there's a little bit. Of, actually, there was one thing I forgot. There was a painting of the entryway of Palpatine's office that is the worst backdrop ever. Oh, no. It is like a new hope bad. <laughs> it is like worse than a new is hope. Is that when he's in the office? Yeah. Okay. It's unbelievable. You guys will have like, it is ridiculous. How I know which one you're talking about. It, it doesn't even, it looks like someone drew it on cardboard. So like when the Roadrunner paints a tunnel on the side of a it's mountain. It's exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. And it just could be more obvious. Oh, no. Yeah, there, there are certain practical effects. It's amazing when the practical effects in Star Wars are are worse than the are or better than the special well, effects. Well, and that's what's like when you see something like Snoke. I know, and that's like I loved loved what they did with Snoke in the Last Jedi when it came to the just the presentation of the character. Me too. Yeah, it was yeah. so cool. Okay, we got to move on with this thing here. What's yeah, in the, the news? news? There's not a whole lot in the news, so okay. let's uh, let's chat about a little bit about the news. To start, John Williams is recovering well. He was sick. He was in the hospital. He's not doing so great at a man who's in his mid-80s. That's not always the best thing. Right. But private guys, so not a whole lot was said. But it was released that he is doing well and recovering in the hospital. So he, he had like good. pneumonia he'll, or something. Yeah, he'll be able to go home. So he's, he's, he's good. So that's a nice bit of good news. Cool. Uh, Boba Fett. So the movie was absolutely going to be made. It yep. was going to be made. Simon Kinberg was writing it. Josh Trank was directing it. It was like still Josh Trank or that was at one point. Well, okay. no, no, it was going to be made. Who was Josh it Trank? One hundred percent. He did Chronicle, which was great, right? And then he did Fantastic Four, which had all the reshoot problems. Yes. And right. So he it, yeah. it was it was shortly after that put on the shelf. People thought maybe or like oh it's going to be a little while, and then of course waited out with Solo. And then they decided that we're going to take a little while back. But now, because of the Mandalorian hype, literally Kathleen Kennedy said it is 100% dead, the Boba Fett project. It's kind of too bad for those people who got brought on to do what could have been a really cool project. But But they're just like, this is always how I wanted. I mentioned this to you a long time ago, uh, that I would have rathered them just do another Mandalorian so that people could get satisfied with the look. They'll be able to see the Mandalorian look, get that cool, like, oh, it's like Boba Fett. Which is all that matters about Boba Fett anyway. Exactly. There's no character. And then you can build a real character and an actual storyline around something. And that's what I'm really excited about with The Mandalorian. Uh, This was going to focus on Boba Fett and the five other bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back. Oh, God. So it's going to be all six of them, like with like Dengar and like Zuckus. I'd be fine with that, like a Bosk. Ocean's Eleven Star Wars. Yeah, but it's, it wouldn't have been that like that because those characters suck. <laughs> like, yeah. Two of them are robots. One of them is like a giant bug. Bosk is kind of cool, but would be annoying as one of the main characters of a movie. Well, that and both Solo and Rogue One are heist films. Yeah. yeah. Like, we don't need that That's a good again. point. We don't need a third damn heist film. No. And one of them was great, and the other one was deeply mediocre. Yep. Do you think they learned their lesson from Solo, and that's part of the reason why they decided I to pull the plug? I think that's exactly the reason, and because of all the positive reception of The Mandalorian. Yes, that's right. So the fact that they're seeing people are hyped for that, they, I, I, why would they even try? Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, if they want to do this concept... This makes a way, way better short streaming series. Yes, it does. And it's also something that you could do for a really reasonable budget. Right. And that's something that you would do on a streaming series, not on a movie. So this makes complete sense to me. Didn't they say that it's dead like for now, but it's a possibility? Or did she say it's completely... No, she said it's dead. I don't think they're ever going to close the door entirely on stuff. Simon Kinberg really wants it to still keep going, but... 
he should just sit tight then and wait to get another job because he might get one. They obviously like his work. Yeah. He's worked on Star Wars a lot. Yeah, so. then he'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, let's see. Oh, Lego Star Wars All-Stars. So this is replacing uh, Forces of Destiny, likely. Forces of Destiny is not going to be made anymore. Okay. Uh, these are going to be short little snippets that are non-timeline uh, sensitive. Okay. Meaning that they'll just be any character. So Forces of Destiny was these little animated shorts they would put out. Yep. Uh, kind of as a companion to, say, the Clone Wars and Rebels, but like a little bit more childish. And so this is going to be a new version of that, but animated as Lego characters? You got it. That's amazing. So like how the original Clone Wars was done? Where no. Was, like the really old ones, though. No. Like the five, ten minute ones? No. Oh, sorry. As like that weapon, like, yes, sorry. I thought you were referring to as the cartoon style for some no, reason. No, it's the cartoon like, no, style. No, that's not Lego a... at all, Mark. <laughs> as the story structure. Uh, yeah, it's similar to that. Uh, I didn't watch those in the little chunks. I watched uh, most of those clumped together, so I was just forgetting about it. But yeah, that same style. But yeah, they used to air like that. Very short, few-minute snippets. Uh, and then they're going to have, I think, four half-hour episodes as well. Are they going to have the comedic sensibility of Lego's yes. movies? So yes. like, like really weird and like kind of meta i think so which they've had in those video games like way before the lego movie that's came right out too yeah because yeah. those star lego wars. star wars games were like the ones that started that. they really lego star totally. wars lego harry potter a lot of those like video games that were associated with lego they really did well yeah and they're fun <laughs> i've heard that i've not played them but I, i've really heard great things so i should give it a go absolutely yeah no i've heard good things yep uh let's see uh episode nine not a whole lot of news on episode nine, but Wonder Woman, the sequel, has been moved. Mm -hmm. uh, in addition to that, the next Bond movie has been moved. I know. And in addition to that, uh, Death on the Nile has been moved. So, so three movies moved their way out to December 2019 to make way for episode nine so they don't have to compete. That's really wise. Yes, that's you, very smart. Well, it's like, it's, it's fine with Death on the Nile. Even James Bond, but like, it would be scarier to go up against Wonder Woman 2. For Star Wars? Yep. No. Star Wars wouldn't have any issue going up against any of those. I don't know, man. Like, we saw what just happened. People have bad attitudes. A lot can happen in a year and a half. Yeah, I think people are going to be absolutely pumped for episode nine. I think once we get that trailer, I think JJ is going to pull out the same sort of stuff he always does. And he's going to... I think this tr the trailer we're going to get it for episode nine is going to floor us. What do you make of this theory that a lot of the the trolling on episode 8 and and Kelly Marie Tran for that matter yeah. is not real that it's just generated by like Russian bots? I don't know. I, I think it is. I think that's probably true in a lot of the cases uh, and that was something that like specifically it's been targeted at some of like the nastier things have been traced to like Russian sources. Yeah. At this point and it's terrifying to even say, but it's hard to know what to believe when it comes to the world of information now. Right, right. And especially when it comes to Russia uh, and their involvement in other people's information. And so, open forum chats too in places like Twitter. You can't really know who's a real person. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's honestly at this point, now it's just, it's so hard to say. Anyone who's a real person who's doing it, fuck you. Just be nicer to other people. You can, you can dislike The Last Jedi as much as you want. Just be nicer to other people. You know what we're learning? If droids can think. <laughs> hey, there you go. Nice. Oh, boy. 
That's a little disturbing. Yeah, They're kind real of is. dicks, aren't they? Yeah, they They're can like R2, be. all of them. Yeah, except not cute. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe a little like K2SO before the before the switch from the Empire. Right, okay. Deep cut. <laughs> Rogue, Rogue One. Rogue One. Oh, K2SO. That's not, yeah. that, that's not that deep. All right. Even right. I got that one. You're right, relax. Okay, cool. What else you got? Uh, not much. Uh, yeah, no, that's it. Uh, Resistance, I still haven't watched it, but apparently The High Tower, which was the most recent episode, was quite good. Awesome. And was definitely the best thus far, so if it's picking up and it continues to, then I'll be more inclined to catch up and continue watching, or sorry, start watching. The only uh, birthday wish we have to throw out is for next Wednesday, Tandy Newton's birthday. Nice. She's just joined the Star Wars family this year in Solo. She's very oh. cool. Yeah, would love it if uh, Tandy Newton was able to be in some form of if that. Val is just a cool character. I was really upset when she died so early. It was, she was real quick. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. given all the, the love for Underworld it, there seems to be in the Star Wars community, mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if they didn't try to bring her back in some way. I mean, the character was very well received, and it's a great actress, so why not? Thanks for joining us, Mark. Yeah, well, thanks really for having great. me, guys. I appreciate oh, yeah. it. You'll come back uh, in a few more episodes, I hope. Sounds good. Uh, I think it took us a little while to kind of figure out a rhythm, but um, once you guys were at peace with how I feel about the younglings, we were able to yeah. kind of get along <laughs> with each other. You, you just fucking hate kids. It's fine. You get a little angry when you see them. It is what it is. Yeah. I came here for Star Wars, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. I will say there's a little bit of a funny uh, bit of notion on that scene. George Lucas specifically refused to make a child version of Plo Koon. I, I forget his species. But someone on set really wanted to make one of the kids uh, a Plo Koon species. And George <laughs> Lucas was like, no, we're not using that one. No. Because it looks dumb? I don't know, I guess. Or like so he wanted to weird. keep up the mystique or where, like the mysteriousness. Where of... he decides to draw the I line. I know, it's yeah. so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, no, that's too far. That's okay, too stupid. Name her Flo. <laughs> <laughs> Or better yet, let's name him Elon Sleesbagaho. Sleesbagaho? Is that what you said? Sleesbagano. Sleesbagano. He's a little bit Italian as well. Right, exactly. All right, if you want to be caught up to us by next week, watch the first full hour of Attack of the Clones. In the meantime, send along your thoughts to at Recorder66 on Twitter, Recorder66podcast at gmail.com, and rate and review on iTunes. Give it full marks. Until we're together again, Mark. May the force be with you. Peace.